0: Hey there, Green Future Growers! Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app, and let's get growing.
1: But uh, you know, just like just like gardening anywhere, it's it's a constant experiment, and you you learn, and you try to take some notes and then be able to find your notes the next year so you can you know, not make the same mistake a second time, which uh, I'm not very good at doing is like always, I'm always you know, trying to say, all right, yeah, v- by Valentine's day, I need to plant my tomatoes. And usually it's about the, the second or third of March that I'm planting them. And then they're always, you know, a couple weeks from being ready before uh, before it gets too hot in the summertime. So it's.
0: That's from my interview number 162 with Denny Cray, which is a great listen. He talks all about vermiculture hey everyone so i just want to remind you this is the most important time to be taking good notes on what's working well what's not working well what don't you want to forget come next february and march when it's time to order supplies or do your design you know what are your favorite seeds or what do you want to plant more of do you want more broccoli like you might think i am never going to forget this but you probably are going to forget it and Um, A great way to support the Green Organic Gardener podcast um, would be to get our garden journal. That's got a beautiful butterfly that I took a picture of on our lilac. So it's like a little part of our home and your home. It's got blank pages and line pages and um, it would really support us a lot. Um, So, but most of all, we want you to have good records. Yeah, Welcome to the Green Organic Gardener podcast. Today is Saturday, August 1st, 2020, and I have an awesome guest on the line. She has a podcast, so you're going to find a new podcast to listen to. Her and her husband have an amazing story, and she is going to teach us um, all sorts of nutrition tips and things about plant-based living. So from Plant Trainers, welcome
1: Shashana Klitscheam. Thank you, Jackie. Shoshana Chame, you got it. Yeah. It's okay. I've been called worse, Jackie. I know, but (laughs) it
0: says right on the top of my show notes, ask the guest how to say their name in the beginning. Anyway, I'm sorry. I can fix that, delete that. Anyway, Shoshana, tell us all
1: about yourself and your podcast. Thanks so much, Jackie. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's lots to know about me, but what you probably want to know today is that I used to be a kindergarten teacher and phys ed teacher. And, you know, 11 years ago, when I was pregnant with my second child, my husband was at home and he had a pain going through his chest and his arm. He was about 35, 36 years old. And his dad took him to the hospital because they thought maybe he was having a heart attack. And indeed, it was not a heart attack, thank goodness. They did a bunch of tests and sent him home. And a couple of days later, the phone rang. And we found out that we needed to go into the doctor because he had a tumor on his kidney. And that tumor looked quite odd. And they mm. weren't sure what it was. And if he, they didn't take it out immediately, that it could be six to 12 months. So that didn't really sit well with us. We were about to have a child, and Adam didn't want to just cut himself open and and take it out. What if it was embedded in the kidney? What if he lost his kidney? So we finally found a doctor that was willing to biopsy first. And when we biopsied, we found out that, thank goodness, it was a benign tumor, so there was no cancer. But it was highly associated with a genetic disease called Van Hippelindo, where people get little tumors sent deposited down their central nervous system and nobody had lived past 40 with it when we went home to google it which we were told not to but of course we all do that so of course
0: i can't believe they told you it had to come out but
1: it didn't have to come out so they still wanted to take it out but adam wasn't willing to go under the knife to to take out something that wasn't dangerous to his body. It wasn't causing any kidney damage. It, uh, they, they always said, you know, there there's a chance it could turn, but he was willing to take his chances at this point. He said, unless there's good reason I'm not, I'm not going in, I'm not taking it out. And we actually had to go through a couple of doctors who were willing to support us on that. So it wasn't, um, an easy decision medically, but of course surgical oncologists are surgeons and they want to operate. So it's really important, I think, You know, the takeaway message there is to advocate for your own health. If you're told that this is it, there's no other option, well, you know what, maybe there is. If they're told you need to live with your, with your fatigue, you need to live with your pain, we could only control the inflammation this amount, you need to think outside the box. And that's really what we started doing there. We started thinking outside the box and we were like, well, why is this happening to us? What is happening here? We're personal trainers, we're teachers, we eat better than most of our friends, we're, we're thin, we're fit, and why is it that we're doors and not windows and we can't see all of this damage that's going on inside the body? And there were no real indications on the outside. For me, there were some on the outside that that I wasn't well or at least as well as as I could be but I still had my teenage acne in my in my early 30s but for a lot of people they go okay I'm just acne prone but you know what it's in the gut it's it's from years of medication years of ear infections years of antibiotics the body starts to break down our cells are not working properly so things start to go haywire so here we were you know thinking maybe he had this autoimmune disease uh sorry maybe he had this um genetic disease, or maybe the kids could have it where this VHL, you get little tumors deposited down your central nervous system and it takes over your body. So we had to wait for genetic testing and MRI for that. And in the meantime, and because uh, we're up in Canada, so things are not chop chop around here. You think we have free healthcare, but there's a price to pay with it as well. I mean, we pay through the nose with our taxes, but also we don't um, you know, we don't have the tests the next day available to us. So as we're waiting for MRI, as we're waiting for genetic testing, a neurologist friend said, go get your retinas looked at. They could look through the retina into the brain. The eyes are, are uh, a window into the body. And if there are tumors in the brain already, at least we'll know that we need to take immediate action. So the doctor said, good news, no tumors. Bad news is that you have heart disease and his arteries were all blocked. We have arteries in our eyes just as we have arteries in our heart and those were starting to be blocked up from all of the cholesterol and animal products that we had been eating over the years. So, three times in 9 months, I was basically told, you know, you might be raising these kids on our own. We had lost a friend a few years before to heart disease. He had a heart attack. Um he didn't know he had a, a heart disease, but he had a heart attack while playing hockey and he left behind a young family and Adam didn't want that for us as well. So he began to research and he began to say, what What am I doing wrong? What What's wrong in my environment? What's wrong with my lifestyle? How can I reverse what I have or at least prevent it from, from getting worse? And he found a plant-based lifestyle. He saw the documentary Forks Over Knives on Netflix, which is moving to Prime. So if you don't have Prime, watch it on Netflix quickly. And then he found The China Study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell. And he found Thrive by Brendan Brazier, who is a Canadian Ironman champion. He's the founder of the Vega protein powder, which you may see at Costco. And he basically said, Adam said, well, this guy is, a, is an Iron Man champion. He's not eating any meat. He's not eating any eggs. He's not eating any dairy. And he's performing better as an athlete in his later years than he was in his earlier years. He's like, I want a piece of that. And he left hockey and he was going into triathlon anyway. And within one year of changing his diet, he went back to the oncologist and he went back to the eye doctor. And he was told that the heart disease was gone the arteries were completely open and clear and the blood flow was nice and strong and that the tumor had shrunk and neither doctor could understand why because he hadn't taken any medicine he hadn't been part of any trials he hadn't seen any other doctors all he did was change his diet to plants and that is why i'm sitting here today that's why i left teaching to learn about nutrition to coach my to coach my clients to help people overcome the smallest or biggest health problems that they have in their life with tools that are outside the box.
0: So, well, I was going to ask, like, so you went to the retina doctor and then the MRI, when you got all that stuff back, it all said the same thing. It all said he had this heart problem.
1: So the MRI, the, the MRI was for tumors in the brain and the spine. They wanted to check the brain and the spine to see if he had, been developing this VHL because the genetic testing takes a really long time. You need to go through a lot of different stages and it takes a long time for them to analyze it. So they, because he was already about 37 by this time, they wanted to make sure that uh, there were, there were no tumors that had already started because like I said, when we looked it up, nobody had lived past 40 with it at that point, um, 11 years.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, all right. Well.
0: I guess where do you want to go? Do you want to go ahead? <laughs> I'm like lost as so, soon as I, I, mean, I get off my I mean, strip, but yeah, I'm just fascinated I, like I love hearing all of this and learning and that, and just um you know my challenge um with the plant-based like I'm curious what I'm curious what you're going to say
1: So I I guess the question is you know well what now what did you do yes. so he came home one day and he basically said shush I'm plant based and I said well what's plant based and he said it's it's like vegan and I'm like well what's a vegan is that like some kind of vegetarian I had no idea I was familiar with vegetarian diet but I I had not heard of a vegan I didn't know anything about it and it wasn't that you know yes there's that whole idea of saving the animals and saving the earth and the planet and and minimizing and not exploiting humans or animals for your own benefit but that's not where we were coming from we were coming from the area of which foods are going to directly improve my health and you look in your backyard especially for your listeners right you look in your backyard and those are the foods that were put here to heal us and to prevent us from developing 80% of the diseases out there. So, you know, all of a sudden his diet is consisting of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, and grains. And that's it. And I was kind of like, well, what do I do now? I didn't know how to cook very well. It was a new young mom. My son had had Um, eczema. And it turns out he was allergic to gluten. So we had just gone gluten-free and it was kind of like, now what? Like, we're going to be the weirdest people on the block. (laughs) But at the end of the day, when, when we started putting more and more of these plants into our diet, and even me, where I held on to eggs and fish and dairy for a very long time, for about six or seven months after that, well, my acne went away for the first time in my life. My energy went up. The baby weight that I had a year and a half later from having my daughter and and my son so close together was was finally gone. Um, his energy was up. He wasn't asking for salt baths anymore. Um, so you know these foods are are put here for a reason. We need minerals. We need antioxidants. We need we need our m- micronutrients and our macronutrients. Our micronutrients are just as important, if not more important than those macros, right? We hear about protein all the time. But if you're eating enough plant foods throughout the day, and you're not relying on on like, you know, Oreos and chips kind of thing, you're going to get all of the nutrients that you need in a day by having beautiful colors on your plate. All of this time and effort that we're spending in our gardens, especially when it's the vegetable portion of the garden, that is what we need so much more of. That should be like 80 percent of our plate every single time
0: uh so what what about um well what it tell me what you learned about maybe cooking or something since you said you weren't a co- or I don't just keep going
1: <laughs> sure so What happened was that I had spent the first 10 years of our relationship pretending not to be able to cook. Um, I mean, I didn't really know how, but Adam was the cook. So I was kind of like, okay, I'm the the sous chef. I'll be the chopper. I'll be the cleaner. And he'll make all the meals. So all of a sudden, here I was, you know, with two young kids. And I'm like, what do I need to cook? What do I need to do? And then I, I, it was really, it was really, really serendipitous, you know, like kind of like, Hmm, maybe there's somebody listening today who doesn't normally listen, but maybe they've got heart disease, or maybe they've got a tumor, or maybe they've got something going on, and they're like, hmm, this is coming to me for a reason. We had just found on Twitter this raw food chef from the Toronto area who was looking for recipe testers. He would send us the recipes, we would try them out, and then we would send him back was it too sweet? Was it too tart? Was it too hard to make? Was it too salty? Right? We would send him back our feedback and we were getting these free recipes. So all of a sudden these recipes started to come. So that's how I kind of started to, to learn to cook. And for the first time in my life, I wanted to have a garden because I, I didn't want to be spending, you know, $4 for, you know, like five little basil leaves or, or something like that. So all of a sudden, you know, we got interested in gardening. And, and of course, we talked earlier, you know, that I have a brown thumb. I'm not very, maybe a black thumb. I'm not very good at, at at it, but I'm learning lots over the years. But we just wanted to, you know, make sure that we were helping the body. So when we eat animal products, they're extremely acidic. They're not alkaline. They're putting pressure on our cells. They're oxidizing our, our cells. So when you think of an apple and you cut an apple open and you leave it out on the counter and you look at it later, it gets all brown or the avocado gets all brown. That's the oxidization that it's similar to what's happening inside of our cells. And we have these healing mechanisms in our body that need to counteract that. And it counteracts our mental health and stress and accidents and car accidents and twisting your ankle and and even the toxicity that comes on food or or other chemicals. And all of that's playing havoc on our body all the time. And our healing mechanisms need to keep up with that. So when we're eating foods that are deep fried, when we're eating foods that are extremely acidic, when we're eating foods that grow our, our hor- that help our hormones that grow our cells, and we're increasing that hormone within our body, we're not just growing good cells, but we're growing bad cells too, if you get my drift. So you know, There's a big link, what we've learned over the last 10 years, is that there's a huge link between animal products and our cellular health, animal products and our overall health. So the more fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, grains we could put in, the better. So I was kind of forced into learning how to incorporate all of this into our diet so that we can thrive. And that's exactly what started to happen. The rest of my son's eczema disappeared. Like I said, my, my acne went away. My mental health was a little bit better. Um, and Adam's tumor was gone and, and the heart disease was gone. And all of that, you know, to say that we went on to helping so many other people change their diet, change their lifestyle to either fully plant-based or 80% plant-based vegetarian, whatever they want. But at the end of the day, everybody who's going to, I think everybody can agree that more vegetables in your diet is the way to go. And when you do, you feel so much better.
0: I guess what I'm, so this was kind of, I was thinking about this morning, because I actually just talked to Jen Trebek from Salad with a Side of Fries yesterday. And like, I can't understand, like, I don't know. My mom says we saw a movie when we were 13. Like they showed a movie at school. I remember my friend down the block was like, I'm going to become a vegetarian. I'm like, you can become a vegetarian. And three weeks later I was not eating chicken or steak or meat. And that lasted me like, I do not have a hard time not eating chicken or not eating bacon, even though it still smells delicious. I loved steak was like one of my favorite London broils, like just, but i there's nothing i don't eat it but i can knock walk by a can of pringles or something like what the heck like do you have that's my question this morning right like do so, you have some solutions for things like that like i and then my other issue with being a vegan is that i just think it's expensive it's just not in my food budget to be able to buy cashew butter or tahini on a regular basis or just the things that i know but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Those are my two things. Right.
1: Okay. So, so two things. So first of all, some Pringles are vegan, right? And, and I, you know, some Pringles are vegan. There, there is junk food that is vegan. If you want to eat a healthy diet, whether you're eating it as plant-based vegan or just, you know, omnivore, Pringles are going to not be part of that to the, to the most part. Right. So, so if you're going to eat healthy, you're probably going to spend a little bit more on your on your food. And if you're going to eat healthy, you're going to give up a lot of those junkier kinds of foods. So it's not really a plant-based thing. But of course, when, when Adam and I came into plant-based, we came into it more of instead of it being a vegan diet where we're just eliminating pl- animal products, we're eating foods that are going to nourish our body, right? So we we don't want a lot of Pringles in, in our diet. Do we go to a party every now and then? Or do you know, do we eat some on the road with the kids or at a fair or something like that? Sure, you know, we do, but it's not a daily thing around here. So that's, that's kind of the first thing it's if you're going to commit to your health, you're going to commit to, 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 incorporating enough newer things that you don't have as much room for the things that you know are hindering you. In terms of price, when you look at cashew butter, like, dude, I don't buy cashew butter. It's crazy expensive. There's no reason for it. If there are recipes out there that have cashew butter, and let's say it's like a pad thai, you could find a pad thai recipe that has peanut butter instead, or just not use nut butter at all. There's always an alternative to that, but if you look at the price of rice, if you look at the price of dried beans, if you are growing all the herbs in your garden and you can dry them and you could use them fresh i I live in Canada, so our, our growing season is very is very small, right, so you know I will freeze all the dill at the end of the season so that I have it in the freezer throughout for my soups and and dressings and all of that you don 't need to be eating all of these expensive foods that come packaged already, it's very easy to make a huge bean chili or a huge lentil curry and freeze some of it so that you have those individual meals that you're used to pulling out. So if you are committed to it, you can do it on the cheap, absolutely. There are lots of recipes out there that include all of these superfoods and superfoods are extremely glorified so goji berries and cacao nibs and all of that but or, or ashwagandha and maca those are not necessary for a plant-based diet those are very well marketed by companies that are pouring lots of dollars into marketing to make you think that but the basis is potatoes and rice and beans and you could have frozen vegetables right you want carrots you want green leafy vegetables these are the things that don't cost an arm and a leg and if you're taking out a lot of prepared foods already or a lot of chips and stuff like that it kind of you kind of take your diet your your you kind of take your budget and you're just shifting it into different places of course you know drive through windows are are quite inexpensive they're funded by the government. So there's subsidies on a lot of these meats that, that are being served. So they, they don't seem as expensive, but the toll that they're taking on people's lives, that's expensive. That's expensive. The time that Adam spent or the, or that I spent going to doctor's appointments and having tests and, you know, needing babysitters for our kids and you know all of the years I I believe that I was allergic to dairy and that's why I had acne and that's why I had all of that that ear infections my whole life so what about the the medications that I needed to buy the time my parents needed to take off work to take me to doctors all of this adds up you know you get to the point if you if if you're if you have an autoimmune disease in your family you have the ability to turn those genes on and off, depending on your lifestyle and the foods that you eat. So if you turn those genes on and you get hit with that autoimmune disease and you can't work as much and you're tired and you're missing family vacations and you can't travel because you can't get insurance and you're not sure if you're going to see your grandchildren, what is the cost of that to you? So when, when I work with my clients, a lot of them say, I don't have the budget to spend, you know, three hundred dollars a week on groceries well great we don't have to and we might even be able to make that budget work better work in your favor
0: yeah that's those are the kind of things i want to hear so what are some tips for doing that to make your budget work in
1: your favor buying for some things like that to make your budget work in your favor right so, you know, if you were looking at, you know, if, if you needed an extra $200 a month to pay for X, you would probably go through all your expenses, right? Like you would look at your car, you would look at your house, you would break everything down into categories. So, I'd actually suggest that people break their, their shopping down into categories. I think the grocery list already does that for you. It comes out with like all of the produce and then all of the frozen foods and take a look at where you're spending. The most amount of money and say you mean like is that an app or do you mean like if you know i think if you look at you your receipt it, it's done I, at least at the store that i shop at when i look at my receipt it's all done by category right so all the frozen foods are in one all the canned really and that's so fascinating no
0: our receipts are totally like in the order that they scan the product. okay so you so You could put your stuff on the cart. You can, you can can do that to help you, to help you
1: later, but you know, take a look at it because a lot of the times we're spending a lot of, a lot of money on the Pringles, on the ice cream, on the popcorn. Can you buy kernels of popcorn and buy a popcorn machine for $15 at the big box store and pop your own? Uh, you know, so <clears throat> so that's one way where you can you, where you can start to save money instead of buying beans by the can. Although it's not a huge it's not a huge expense, but if you buy the beans dry and boil them yourself, then you can save a ton of money there. Uh, if you buy rice, you can buy it in bulk. I buy a lot in the in either bulk. I don't go to the big bulk food store. I don't shop at Costco very often, but I have a, a supplier where I get like 20 pounds of oats at a time, 20 pounds of lentils at a time. And I'm paying like in Canadian dollars, like $20 for that. So what is that? That's like $16 where, you know, you could buy a cup of lentils sometimes and it might cost you four or $5 right there. So find out how to buy things in bigger portions and when I do make soups and when I do make chilies when I do make stews I double the recipes when it's freezeable, and I freeze them so that I'm not letting as much go to waste because I might buy a celery to be able to make a stew and then you know the celery kind of sits in the fridge and nobody really eats it well if I use up the whole celery to make that stew I'm saving money there so where are you wasting money audit audit yourself every time you throw something out that you didn't finish put it on the list and figure out can you freeze that can you save it for later you open up a jar of tomato sauce and you leave it in the fridge for too many days and don't finish it off and all of a sudden it's growing all this fungus on it and you need to throw it out well you could have put that jar into the freezer and saved it for another time so some really really great tips for saving money is where are you wasting money how can you buy things in bigger in bigger quantities so that you could actually save money that way? And how can you make sure that you're not wasting as much so that you don't have to rebuy as often? I I don't know if you have it in Canada, but I know in the United States
0: listeners might be interested. There's a company called Azure Standard A-Z-U-R-E. And my friend Dacia does all of these things that you were talking about. Um And she, she's like, to me, she's like the most frugal, like amazing mom. Like her kids eat like super nutritional, super healthy food. And she does do all of these things. Um, So these are, these are great tips. I am going to have to go through and see, because I, you know, certainly we throw things out and things end up in the compost and things rot in my fridge. And um, those are, those are things, you know, but I don't keep a record of them. And that's something like I've been working for Greg Kunis for the tiny leaps, podcast and he's always talking about testing auditing recording looking at what you're doing just tons of those things what exactly what you're saying before we get to the root of things we're going to thank our sponsors and affiliate links
1: you can find uh, deer fence supplies on deerbusters.com we're located in waynesboro pennsylvania we ship nationwide for free and if you want 10 percent off type in the word fences f e n c e s at checkout on deerbusters.com and save yourself some money while you're getting deer fence.
0: Hey green future growers, join me on the listen app. Invite code green g r e e n. I would love if you left me a message. You can reach out to other green future growers and other green organic gardener podcast listeners there, and we could have a conversation about what's growing in your garden what are you eating does it not feel good to walk by the produce aisle it does for me um and if you're not there yet we'd be happy to help you get there over on the listen app invite code green g-r-e-e-n and now let's get to the root of things so like on my show like i don't have a lightning round but i have a thing called like kind of getting to the root of things so if we weren't going to do your favorite activity in the garden, like, I don't know, do you have a
1: favorite activity in the kitchen? Well, I, I, or a favorite activity at the gym? Or I do something? have a favorite activity for the garden. So I have, I have garden boxes that oh. I bought in the last couple of years. And what we did this year is my mom had bought the kids a hydroponics for like a little hydroponics garden for the holidays this year. And of course, it sat in the box until, Covid hit, and then we're like science project. Pull it out of the, pull it out of the cupboard. So we, so we actually, <laughs> we grew a lot of herbs that we wouldn't have normally grown with the hydroponics this year because it's what came with the box. And then we transplanted them into the backyard. And I've just learned about pr- and <laughs> telling you how new I am, but I just learned about pruning, and I actually find it so relaxing. I will often take client calls if they're not on on video and they're just on audio. I will take client calls, and I will, I will pick. I find it so relaxing, and I can stay so focused on my conversations. And I will pick away, or in between calls, sometimes I'll pick away at the at, at the little flowering or the little seeding, um, or just you know prune away at at some of those herbs as we go. So pruning for me is one of the most relaxing things. And it gives me that opportunity to be grateful for the love that I'm putting into the garden so that it's the love that I'm putting into the food when I make the food for the family. So I really do enjoy the pruning process. And we were talking earlier too, something that I had just picked up on where your your listeners might be like, well, of course, Shoshena." but when I steam broccoli or I steam green beans or any any kind of steaming, I will let that leftover water Stay behind and cool off, and then I'll go into the garden and I'll just pour it into the garden to give the nutrients to the plants. Because I don't do a lot with soil, I know I need to listen um, to your podcast more to learn more about how to keep my soil nice and fertile and ready for for all of those beautiful nutrients that I'm trying to grow.
0: So another thing that I do that people have found strange, but it's work because when I taught in the classroom, you know, I I had a coffee maker in my classroom sometimes. And um, at the end of the day, of course, you know, once the kids come in, there's no time to drink that coffee. So there would always be like coffee in the bottom of the thing. And I just pour that directly on my house plants, on my herbs, and it has never done anything but help them grow. You you know, usually because like, I don't have a sink in the classroom. So it's just like some kind of liquid. Just a little tip, you can do that too. My husband always says um the best compost to start with, like his little, like at least eggshells, banana peels, and coffee grinds. Just put the banana
1: shells egg right shells, into
0: it. banana peels, and coffee grinds. Um Well, mix that kind of like up in a compost, uh-huh. but just like those three things are just so key for your garden. Like he just can't stand to see anyone throwing them away. I can't stand to see anyone throwing anything away. I mean, I've been composting, like my mom always compost, like it's just, there's been a compost container on a kitchen counter in my house my entire life. I can't imagine it any other way, but I am gonna, I just talked to this guy who's selling these really cool composting kits that are super affordable, that fit under your um, sink, no mask, does all the work that you might be interested in. I haven't released the episode yet. And then, I don't know, there's just lots of options that you might find um, Can work for you. Another one's like vermicomposting, like worm. I, I, in my second grade classroom, I actually kept a worm bin for a year because the kids wanted a guinea pig. I kept making jokes with them. I'm like, I'm getting you a class pet. I'm getting you a class pet. And I was gonna get them the worms, and then I just happened upon this guinea pig. So we had the guinea pig, and we had to feed the guinea pig. And so I kept trays of lettuce in the classroom and some other things that my husband put together. And so we would try to feed, we were able to grow in the classroom enough food to feed the guinea pig short of, he ate a ton of food. But once outside the snow went away, we picked dandelions. The custodian was always complaining that the guinea pig was messy. There were always like the kids would, each kid would come in with a handful of dandelions and then there would be dandelions in the hallway. Mm -hmm. Because you know, a class is graders. But anyway, but we kept that worm bin in my classroom underneath the guinea pig cage and um you know it, it doesn't smell it's pretty easy. So those are some solutions because you might end up getting yourself into composting um before. Well, you I know compost
1: it. daily, like we've we are city composts. So I'm collecting all of that oh, anyway. Nice. I don't put That's any easy. of that into the garbage and then I just but I throw it into the green bin and they come once a week and they take away all my compost. I don't, I don't reuse it or I don't compost it down at all. So that would be that, that would be the change there. I'd have to learn what to do with it once I have collected it. Collecting it is no problem.
0: Oh yeah. You're like throwing money in your garbage. totally you're throwing i mean i call it well like one of the biggest like the first chapter of my book is like healthy soil like you're gonna if you want to garden you're gonna need dirt you're gonna need good dirt and you're gonna need comp like my husband we spend a fortune on dirt we bought like 300 dollars worth of dirt this year um now we have a big place we're in northwest montana i don't know if i ever talked about that so our climates are probably very similar we've kind of a short growing season um, but it's amazing. But also like, I don't know how many people I've talked to this year about compost tea. Like, I just feel like the world of compost tea is exploding. And I did just release this episode with this woman, Nicole Masters from, um, she, who's a soil expert. And I did learn that like, there's a possibility that the way I've been making compost all along is not the most beneficial way. And like our production could potentially increase like huge if we make like a little shift by adding um kind of like wood chips from white woods now we don't have uh, where we have very like piney forests like we don't have that I don't so I'm not sure where we get the wood chips but it sounds like that can be a game changer for increasing your fungi I uh, I don't want to get this wrong I just did the episode like two weeks ago so it should be pretty fresh but there's some kind of difference between bacterial compost and fungi compost and um but anyway without i mean to me i just feel like if you're already saving that i can't believe you're like like i worked at this cafe last summer and like they could just see my expression when i was like can i take those eggshells home like i could tell they could see i was just looking like gold they were dumping gold and i brought home five gallon buckets of eggshells every day until my husband finally was like no more. And it was so funny because the cooks were always like, What is she doing with all those eggshells? And my husband would look at me, What are they doing with all those eggs? <laughs> it's just so many, you just couldn't believe it. Anyway, great advice that you have given us there. Um, and I love to hear your journey and that the kids are doing the hydroponics herbs. Like, it sounds like you're getting a lot of herbs. Um, but then like pruning does
1: make the herbs grow more, right? Is that what you're finding? Yes, absolutely. And it, it made no sense to me. It was like, okay, take, take away a third of the plant and then tomorrow you wake up and it's all back and looks even better. Um, so, you know, and and then it's like, I've never been able to grow basil so well before in my life before this year. And I'm actually getting enough to make a, a family size of pesto, which is, which is amazing. And, When you can use those ingredients, when they've come straight from the plant, you bring them right into the kitchen and you put them right into the food, the nutrient level is so much higher. When you have vegetables, fruits, whatever it is, that is being grown halfway across the world and being shipped in containers, it's being picked really early before it's it's actually got the most amount of nutrients. And a lot of times it's ripening in that, in that, transportation process or it's ripening because they're putting ripening agents on it and you're not actually getting the nutrients although you're getting the color and you might be getting some flavor, you're not getting all of the nutrients. So when you can make something in your own backyard, bring it straight into the house, use it right away. I will put every herb into our salads now. So I have spicy oregano, I have rosemary, I have oregano I have regular oregano, different kinds of basils, parsley, these sage These are herbs that I never used fresh before, but now that I have them and the understanding that I have of their nutrient value, these herbs are so packed, so packed with nutrients and just, you know, the smallest little bit can make a difference. If you've got inflammation in your hands, if you've got pain in your knee, if you've got a rash on your skin, all of these, all of these Live foods, right like they're they're still living they they haven't even had a chance to like take their last breath yet, you know if if you can think of it that way, when you put them onto your plate, then they have such a bigger impact on your overall health, and of course, the people who I work with, I make these suggestions, some of us were working together to make them have a more plant heavy diet of course we we talk about growing their own. Um, I can't give them too much direction on it, but I can tell them the basics. Uh, But then there are other tools also that are just so natural that we can be doing because people are on so many medications and these medications have side effects that people are experiencing now, but there are also side effects that people get down the road. And we need to do what we need to do in the moment now to be able to function and to be able to live. But then we get hit with something bigger later on. So the more I can teach people to use things that are more natural to to possibly be able to come off some of the medications that they're on, reduce the medications, then the better it is for everybody and the better it is for the land, the more vegetables that we eat. Vegetables, most of the land that's being used to grow vegetables right now or grains right now is being used to feed animals. And then those animals need space on our in our world also, uh, to to be grown so that they could become our food too. So we are wasting so many resources, so much land. Rainforests are being cut down so that we can eat the amount of meat that we eat in this world. But if we reduce that and ate more plants, our bodies would be better, but the land would be better as well.
0: Yeah, and the water—it's crazy uh
1: what's the best what's the best gardening advice you've ever received or plant-based advice or well the best gardening advice I ever received I think I mean I hope it's doing something but I think it's that broccoli juice that leftover steamed broccoli I love that and the idea of pruning and we've actually you know that's that's piqued our interest is just you know it's also Having been a kindergarten teacher or a school teacher, but also hearing from people, some of the science experiments that they've done in, in their in their kitchens, taking the avocado and peeling it and and rooting it, or now we're sprouting, oh, that reminds me, we're sprouting lemon seeds now, right? So doing all of that and, in, and in, including your children, including your nieces and nephews, including your neighbor's children, including your grandchildren, whatever situation you're in, and giving that information and giving that experience to the younger ones to carry forward as they grow older can make a huge impact in their lives later on too. So, you know, I guess I guess I'm giving the advice now, but but when people recommend like, why don't you do this as a science experiment, I always do it because it gives my children an experience and it makes them more well-rounded moving forward. And the same goes for cooking in the kitchen we should incorporate our children in that process. And if you're somebody who does a lot of a lot of prepared foods, a lot of takeout, well the time that you do spend making that one dish a week or a salad or, you know, grilling whatever it is that you're doing, incorporate your children in the process so that they could start to get those skills now so that they can develop them as they get older so that they could be more independent and so that it doesn't seem as daunting to them to make things from scratch and have healthier habits moving forward. And they'll learn fractions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. Cooking with kids, doing all of that with kids is great. And I always tell people, you know, if they give you a little resistance, just, you know, try to be passionate, let them share what they want to share and you'll be surprised how much they talk about it later in life when they're adults. Uh, so how about a favorite tool that you like to use, Shoshana? If you had to move
1: and could only take one tool with you, what? Okay, would you so need? I don't know what this is called, but I have this really, really, really <laughs> long stick that's attached to another really, really long stick, and when I pull the cord, it will trim back the tree. It like snaps the tree, so it's like it's like those little handheld pruners, but it's a lot stronger and a lot taller. And I have a plum tree in my backyard, so. That is my favorite tool. I feel like queen of the world when I use it. I feel like I'm so cool because none of the neighbors have it, but it's also great when you have a fruit tree, especially when you have a small yard to be able to trim it back is amazing, but it, it feels really cool to use it too. Do you know what it's called? No, I'm hoping you'll send us a picture of it. I'm going to have to now.
0: I'm curious, are you finding the same thing with the plum tree that with the basil? I mean, obviously not overnight, but like when you prune your plum tree back from season year to year, do you get, like, do you feel like
1: it grows bigger? That's a really good question. I feel like my plum tree has a cycle and I used to have a second plum tree too. So I used to have a yellow plum tree and now I have that like little purple um, oval kind of plum. And but I had to take down the other one, but I found that it was like one year it'd be the yellow plum. The next year it would be the purple plum and they would kind of alternate. So I find that every two to three years I get like a bounty, a bounty of plums and I have been cutting it back for the last four years consistently. So I'm not sure. I haven't really paid attention. I'm not sure if that's making a difference. Hmm, That's so interesting. We have a purple plum tree.
0: It's full of plums again this year. I hope they're going to be okay because we are like already, it's been so hot here and just we're trying to keep everything watered and it's been a real challenge.
1: Anyway, how about, do you have a favorite recipe you like to cook from the garden? So in the summer, salads are amazing. And like I said, you know, taking the romaine lettuce, taking some spinach, taking, you know, uh, some carrots, and I like to make the carrots all- um, shredded, and but then going and going and taking every single herb, things that I never would have imagined that I would have put into a salad before, and just putting that all in because it's raw. Adding some balsamic vinegar, adding some lemon juice, maybe a, a little like of salt. You know, to me that's that's everything. That's delicious. But if you want to take something like eggplant or zucchini and cut up all of those herbs and marinate it all with the herbs and roast those or grill those, that to me is is amazing. You know, you roast it down or, or you broil it until it kind of starts to melt. But how do you marinate it with the herbs? So with it, like do you I put a liquid cut, like an oil so or we something? Cook oil free. We don't use oil. Um but I will just kind of rub it in like I'll rub like a dry rub kind of thing. I'll rub it in. I'll add a little bit of water in the bottom of the pan to get some moisture in there but a a lot of these vegetables create their own moisture as it is and yeah a little salt and when it comes out some lemon juice and it's it's delicious we have lots of recipes at plantchainers.com and recipe books as well but i find i like to cook with no recipes i like to just kind of and i'm not a chef in by any means so for me it's whatever's easy and tastes good that's that's key for me
0: My mom was a master of that, but yeah, and and what I love about it is like every single time it's different because one day you're going to have like an extra sprig of thyme or one day you're going to have more chives or more oregano. Like every time you do even with the same herbs because you're just naturally going to get more of one than the other one day i did get too much sage this year that kind of like i went so overboard i couldn't eat the whole thing but but you can have yeah. oh, try just so good i can practically taste those things that you're talking about yeah. um and- how about a fever podcast you're a podcaster got any good recommendations what do you like so to i've on?
1: been into a couple of um i've been into into a couple of self-development podcasts lately. So from a business point of view, I like the bold leadership revolution. And I also am a frequent guest on on the breakthrough show. And, and that I like because people are talking about their aha moments. Like when things changed for them and it doesn't mean that their whole life had to change to be good, but when, when they realized something different, when they started to have a different value, a different philosophy, when they decided they wanted to change their job, when they decided, you know, that, that their mission in life was to do something a little bit different than what they're doing. I, I really like that show, the breakthrough show. Cool for some reason i am addicted to business
0: podcasts <laughs> i don't know why like at, when i was in college like i wouldn't even go into the business building like i just associated business with like greed and evilness <laughs> and like when i was in 2012 i um was taking this leadership class organizational leadership for like you know nonprofits and stuff and um I, we had to listen to Michael Hyatt and I got hooked on podcasting and that's how I found John Lee Dumas and that's how I ended up starting my podcast and ever since. Um, But yeah, I always think it's so interesting that I like live and sit in the garden or go for these walks in the middle of the woods and then I'm listening to like, you know, Amy Porterfield or something, <laughs> Um, how to build an online business. Anyway, how about a favorite internet resource?
1: A favorite internet resource. That's a really good question. I don't I don't know. I tend not to. I mean, like some people are just like so they keep going back to the same recipe sites all the time. I just like to to Google and I just like to find a variety of things and I don't get so caught up in okay, this person has the biggest name and everybody knows their name, so all of their recipes must be amazing. I've done enough recipe testing. I get enough cookbooks sent to me in the mail that that sometimes I'm more impressed with the smaller people than than the bigger people. And the bigger people seem to be just be getting some stuff out to, to just get another book out sometimes. So I just like to Google and I just like to to read. But when it, when it has to do with science, I always stick with PubMed or Google Scholar. But when it comes to gardening or when it comes to, um, you know, plant-based cooking and stuff like that. But I do recommend that everybody, you know, if, if you want a good resource, I would say check out, Forks Over Knives on Netflix or Game Changers on Netflix. And those are the two documentaries that I actually find give the most information about what types of foods we need to be eating and why. And that's what I recommend to all of my clients if they haven't already. They normally have, but if they haven't already seen it, I recommend it to them, whether they want to go fully plant-based or not, or whether they want the other tools that I have in my toolbox There needs to be an understanding and a a knowledge of the science behind nutrition and how it's actually affecting the body so that then you could make a choice on what you want to do next. If you don't have the information, you can't make a choice and you continue doing what you've been doing all along. But if you're in a situation where you're not happy with your health, where you feel like you're just surviving every day instead of living your best life, if you continue doing everything you've been doing all along, it's not—it's never going to get better. So educate yourself. So I'd say you know the best resource out there would be Forks Over Knives or Game Changers, and of course, there's always the Plant Turner's podcast. <laughs> Had to put that in. <laughs> so, do you have a book out? When are you going to come out with a book? Oh, so thank you. We do have the Yummy Kids Activity Book. Um, so, or sorry, the Yummy Foods Activity Book for Kids. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I love thank that. you. So we have that, and that's basically a. It's a fun playbook. It's a a workbook with, it's got word puzzles and and fill in the blanks and all different kinds of fun games that the family can do together. We made it a little bit hard in some places so that kids will have to ask their parents and maybe they will have to do a little bit of a Google search that there could be a lot of learning. There's three recipes in the back of that book too, but basically it's fun for kids, but it also has a learning component about amazing plant based foods there 's no vegan propaganda or anything like that in it um, there 's no talk of animal foods it 's just talk of plant foods in a in a positive way so that is a book that we have out and then Um, What people don't really know is that next year in 2021, I do have a book coming out with a publishing company here in Canada, out in Vancouver, and it is a mindfulness book for children, having been a kindergarten teacher and having looking at health from a holistic point of view. I I wrote a picture book for kids, so I don't have, um, you know, that adult how-to book, we have lots of programs, but we don't have an adult how-to book, but I do have that book coming out and I will be touring um in 2021 for
0: that. Do you know Katie Kiritsos? She has a podcast um called I don't know what it's called, but it's like um meditation for moms. It might be called meditation for moms. I haven't heard of that. You should you should uh you should connect with her because she's um looking for a natural way for to help her daughter with eczema mm. Um, uh, I'll connect you. you guys. But she's in Florida. I think she was looking for somebody Florida based, but you know, uh, it sounds like you guys have a lot in common. Uh, how about a favorite reading? Material? Oh, wait, I want to add, what did you say? PubMed scholar. I Google Scholar was somebody just recommended. I was just on there yesterday, but what was that other one? Did you say yeah. PubMed? Like PubMed. If
1: you look M-E-D? up PubMed, it's it's PubMed.gov and it's uh so pub so why i like to use pubmed and google scholar is because anybody can post on google so if you have your brother-in-law and you know he's not exactly you know the sharpest tool in the shed he could be you know sitting in the loo and writing any blog about anything he wants in the world and put it up there and it will go up there and if he's got a good enough seo or if he's paid google to be high enough on that on that google search <clears throat> you know you could look up tool like gardening tools and his blog will come up and he'll tell you how gardening is hogwash and you should buy everything in the grocery store. So you never know who's putting out these, <laughs> these are these articles, these blogs, who's, who's. Uh, media literacy right. without a doubt, it, never been more needed than right Exactly. Now. <laughs> exactly. So when you go to Google Scholar, there's a certain level of scholarly ship that somebody needs to have to be able to post on there. And when you go to gu- pubmed.gov, it is all um, peer-reviewed studies. It's all studies that have been done. So that's where doctors will go. Doct- so hopefully your doctor isn't looking up, although a lot of them are, isn't looking up best diet for diabetes and they're not looking that up on Google. Hopefully they're looking that up on, on PubMed or Google Scholar so that they can learn that when you eat a plant-based diet, your cells don't get clogged up with the fat, the saturated fat, um, that's coming along with those animal products and therefore can't reach into the bloodstream and take out all of that blood sugar that it's supposed to and that way they'll learn that and have you take out the animal products so the body can do what it's supposed to do instead of having them stop eating sugar and stop putting blood sugar stop putting sugar into the blood um, that's like taking a shower and your your shower gets all clogged up. And the water starts coming over. So instead of going, reaching into the clog, into the drain and taking out the hair, you say, well, you know what? No more showers for us because there's just too much water overspill. We would never do that. So we need to do the same thing with our diet. So hopefully our doctors are looking up on on PubMed.
0: Uh, I had a friend who had esophagus cancer that he did eventually die from, but like the doctors at the hospital literally told him because he couldn't get food down his throat because the tumor was so big to drink milkshakes. I mean, it was just crazy. And then he went to the nutritionist who lives behind me and she helped him. Um, He also went, I think, to like California or Mexico and worked with some specialists, but like he, he eventually... It was just sad, but it's just crazy some of the stuff that medicine. Uh, yeah. Anyway, did you have a favorite reading material
1: or a book? So you want to I recommend How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. And when I interviewed Dr. Michael Greger for the Trainers podcast, I said to him, why did you call it How Not to Die? Why didn't you call it How to Die Healthfully? And he said that his publishers wouldn't have liked me very much. But the idea is, you know, not obviously we will all die eventually, but how to have the best quality of life, how to reverse 80% of the diseases that are out there and how to maintain proper health throughout so that you can actually enjoy your life and be living while you're alive. Excellent. Cool. Uh, So
0: my final question is kind of a doozy, um, but you probably read it. So is there, if there's one change you would like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example. Is there a charity organization you're passionate about or project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel, Shoshana, is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale?
1: Can you hear me? Uh, Did yeah, you hear me? I, Read the question. I, 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 oh, okay.
0: No, I couldn't hear you there. I'm really sorry.
1: Can you can you repeat it again? The kids came in the room, and I put you on mute, and I thought I could pay attention at the same time. Did or or maybe did you just ask me, like what what on a global scale what I should what we should change in the world? Yep.
0: Yep. Okay. Perfect. Yes.
1: Because I'll bet you have a great answer already planned. So I think that what people need to do is they need to take care of themselves. And they need to take care of their own health. And for a lot of people, that's very daunting. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to start. They're scared about giving up the foods that bring them comfort. They're scared that eating healthy foods are going to create, uh, you know, it, their their budgets will will, yes. will overflow. But at the same time, we all have our own missions, whether it's to be the best parent, whether it's to be the best spouse, whether it's to be the best daughter, whether it's to... You know, be a philanthropist, whether it's to go and make new water wells for for cities that don't have any any fresh water. We whether it, it's just to show up every day to work and, you know, sell sell clothes and make people happy. We all have our own missions, but we cannot be our best selves and we cannot complete our own missions if we don't take care of ourselves first. If you can't get out of bed on a Saturday. There is a problem there, and then you're wasting time that you could be spending with your friends, your family, or painting or doing something that you love. So when we take the time to take a look at our food, our lifestyle, is there a possibility that our body is missing something that we're not getting from food and we need extra supplement for that? When we take the time to look and to make ourselves better, we can give more to ourselves, we could give more to other people. And at the end of the day, that's going to include more plants. I'm not saying everybody here has to give up meat. Would I like them to? Absolutely. But if you are willing to cut back on the amount of meat that you eat throughout the week, if you're willing to make it more of the side dish instead of the main um, component, if you're willing to make it more of a condiment or flavoring, if you're willing to do that once a week or seven times a week, then you're putting less strain on this planet, right? We don't have to raise as many animals. We don't need to cut down as many rainforests. Where, where is all of the excrement from the animals going? A lot of times it's going into our lakes and our rivers and our oceans. And th- therefore it's, it's polluting those, those areas, but also then we go and we, we harvest fish and other animals from the sea, and then we're eating that as well. And it's so cyclical. So, if we want to have a better planet, if we want to have more sustainable living, if we want to have better us so that we can all do our mission more, then we need to take a look at our diets and our lifestyle now, add more plants, or find out what else we need to do. How do we sleep better? How do we deal with this inflammation? And really, that's the mission that I'm on. My mission is to not only help people one by one. Actually, right now, I'm working with other practitioners to help them have the tools to help their clients in other ways that are looked at as outside the box as well. So whether that's a hairdresser who has some five people a day sitting in their seats telling them all their problems, or if it's a naturopath or anybody really we all have people we love. We all have people we care about. We all have people we come in contact to. So my mission is to help as many people as possible, have the tools to help as many people as possible so that, I I can reach as many people and we can all be healthier and have a much healthier world that we're living in.
0: I was saying Shoshona, my listeners are visionaries. They're forward thinking. They're just bold action takers. And I think they are going to love so many of the golden seeds that you dropped today. Like, I love that you're going and reaching out to doctors and And people who impact other people, people who listen to other people's and helping them know the science and know this important information. It's so true. I'm so passionate about so many things that you said that, you know, about how meeting, not only that, but what you said, you know, it's so true. Most of our food that we grow in the United States goes to feed animals. And you know what kind of chemicals and pesticides they're putting on that food that they're feeding the animals that then people go and eat. I still wish you can figure out a way that I can like, walk by a piece of bacon so easily but yet like a piece of chocolate just does not but um but that's me anyway thank you so much for sharing with us today now you wanted to tell listeners some stuff about you had a a surprise for them and just um you want to we want you to tell them about your podcast and where they can connect with you and learn more of this valuable information because even if they know a lot of what you've talked about cuz obviously I have some pretty healthy you know people who eat a lot of plant based but I'm sure maybe they know somebody that needs this information or they've learned I mean I learned stuff so um anyway uh did you want me to turn the video back on really quick for this last part see what That's happens okay Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being such an awesome, gracious guest. And just tell listeners how to find you and just everything about your podcast and where to connect.
1: Thank you so much, Jackie. First of all, thank you. I'm so grateful for you to give me the platform to speak today. I hope that your listeners did learn something. If anybody felt like they wanted to learn more about... Plant-based eating. If they wanted to learn about a little bit more of what we have in our in our toolbox, because some people are not willing to change their diet any further than they have, and they're already doing a really good job, but they're still not getting the results in life or in their body that that they want. Um, I am more than happy to give any of your listeners or any anybody who your listener knows a thirty minute uh, complimentary consultation where we can figure out what's going on and I can make some suggestions. For moving forward, and you could reach me at shoshana at plant trainers.com. If shoshana is too hard to spell, that's fine. Um, email us at info at plant There's two T's in the middle one for plant and one for trainers. And the Plant Trainers podcast is a really great place to start. Obviously, people here most probably have a podcasting app, so you can find us on just about any platform. Or you can go to planttrainers.com where you could find our recipes, our blogs, a little bit more about me and Adam, but you could also download our podcast there or search. So if you want to search inflammation, if you want to search diabetes, if you want to search vegan, if you want to search um, water, if you want to, whatever it is that you want to search, that you want to learn about, you could search there in particular and specifically and find out there. And And we are active right now on TikTok and Instagram almost every day, every weekday we're going live either at 4 p.m. Eastern or 8.30 p.m. Eastern uh, just to answer people's nutrition questions. And one of the things that we get back from the people who we work with, the people who come to our live, the people who join our group programs is that we are so non-judgmental, and we meet people where we are. And if we can help people eat one more carrot a week, then we're happy. If we can help people to, you know, only eat e- one egg a week, then, then we're happy. We're just here to help everybody on their journey. And there is, there is a way to make everybody out there enjoy their life so much more. And we're just happy to help people improve their quality of life.
0: Oh, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. What's the best gardening advice you've ever received or best farming advice you've ever received,
1: always keep very very meticulous records um you may think you're gonna remember how long it took something to germinate or how quickly (laughs) something flowered and fruited or how much you harvested and you'll say yeah i remember this 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 is totally something that i'm gonna remember in you know four to six months um and that's never the case um you're not gonna remember what day it was you're not gonna remember how much a lot of things you're gonna fall by the way you'll forget a thing or two and keeping really meticulous records is a is a good way um to plan for the next season, uh, like I was talking about earlier, um, it all comes down to good planning. Um, it's really, really help. It's really, really helpful to keep track of what works and what doesn't. Um, like I could not tell you, especially once it gets like super busy in the middle of the season, I couldn't tell you what I was doing on July fifteenth of last season if I didn't have a notebook to look back to.
0: That's from my interview number two hundred twenty-two with Gabe Siciliano, another rockstar millennial who says his notes are crucial don't you want to get a journal hey listeners do you have a place to keep track of everything that's going right in your garden and everything that's not quite going the way you thought it was gonna and the things that you don't want to forget next february and march because i guarantee you you're gonna think i am never gonna forget this i have done this 20 times this year and i'm gonna make sure i do it right next year and next march you're gonna be like oh yeah what was that again By the time you're done harvesting everything and your season is over, there's nothing more important you can do than be taking notes now. Which seeds worked the best? Which areas do you want to change? Where do you want to put your irrigation? Where do you need to get row cover? Like all those little notes that are going through your mind. Like even if you just write in your journal once a week, just go sit in your garden and be like, oh yeah, this or that, or you could keep it with you. But anyway... My point is, hey, do you want to help the Green Organic Gardener podcast? Because I made a beautiful journal. It's got a butterfly on a lilac that I took a picture of so you could have a piece of your garden, our garden, in your garden, a place to keep your notes. It's got, uh, I think, 135 um, pages that are either blank or lined because those are my favorite kind of journals because I like to have the lines to write and the blank pages. And so you can support the show, but most of all, you can have good records. My guests have said frequently that's their favorite tool, most valuable tool, good records. Um, So, and it would support the show. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.